Hello, and thank you for listening to Roots and Wings, a podcast produced by the Tennessee Commission on Children and Youth. My name is Jonquil Newland. I'm the director of Kids Central TM. The past year has been one of adaptation and flexibility, especially for those who work in healthcare and or in school districts. Well, Amanda Johnson is the school nurse coordinator with the T- Tennessee Department of Education, and she joins me now. Amanda, thank you so much for being, being a guest on Roots and Wings today. Hi, John Cool. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I wanted just to ask you this first. I know this year has been quite a doozy for us all. How have you been? How are you personally doing? Um, I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, I think one of the biggest takeaways from this year is just, you know, having support, whether it be uh, for me, you know, my team at Department of Education, they're really, you know, who I lean on. And, you know, I think anyone can relate to that and just ensuring you have support and partnerships to really help, you know, get you through the day to day and the craziness of this past year. Absolutely. Support systems are so needed, whether that's you like, as you mentioned, professionally and or personally and or with your family, support is absolutely needed. I would love to ask you, though, Amanda, could you tell us a little bit about your role as the school nurse coordinator and how how has it might changed in this past year because of the pandemic? So the big focus has been on supporting school nurses during the pandemic, With schools being virtual or hybrid and a lot of times not allowing outside visitors or for me not being able to host in-person trainings, my main focus has really been trying to provide that support in different ways and adapting to offering professional development and trainings in a virtual setting. I have been working really closely with Tennessee Department of Health communicating not only the needs of school nurses, but also relaying information. Now, the traditional support and assistance I provide for healthcare services, that really hasn't changed. It's really just the delivery. And when you when you have to relay those messages to the state to say we need more support, has that been the message or do you think you've gotten enough support throughout the last year? I know things, especially with the Department of Education and with the Department of Health that I've worked closely with, at some point things were changing day to day. And that's that's hard for anybody. Yeah, definitely in the beginning, the uh, Department of Health recommendations were changing very frequently, but Department of Health has been great, not only at the state level, but school districts work very closely with their local county health departments. uh, And they're really that resource. uh, And they, you know, they work really closely with them. They've been a phenomenal support system. What are some of those most common questions that you've been getting from the school nurses that you directly uh, are interact with on a regular basis? I mean, honestly, since COVID has started, I've received a lot of questions related to COVID-19, its management, uh, a lot of questions related to the Department of Health's recommendations for the management of COVID-19 in schools. Uh, Another big focus as Tennessee has transitioned through those vaccine phase rollout plan, And, you know, with vaccines being offered to school districts that have applied to become vaccine providers, kind of the rollout to that, the lead up to that, I've received a lot of questions specifically around vaccines, as well as testing for COVID-19. And what has been your response? Because I'm sure our listeners are going to be like, well, yeah, so what did you tell them? 
Well, it kind of just depends on what they ask. Uh, so for me, you know, it's really communicating what Department of Health guidelines are, helping if there's any confusion about the guidelines, uh, what is the, for schools that were interested in becoming a vaccine provider, what are the, you know, what does that look like in the school setting? What are the requirements? Things like that. And Amanda, are you seeing that many school districts are are trying to step up and be a vaccination um, place to go for vaccines, actually a, a distributor. That's what the word I'm looking for. A vaccine distributor. Have a lot of districts want to do to do that or or not? Um, it varies from district to district uh, and it really depends on, you know, it's a it's a decision that has to be made at, at the local level, depending on, you know, resources within the school, within the community. Uh, and also, you know, is there health department able to uh, provide that at the health department setting, like maybe through a drive-through pod or something like that, or is it something that we can bring into the school? And so we have had districts who are able to become vaccine providers, receive the vaccine at their school, and then provide that to their staff. Um, But we also have lots of districts who were able to partner with their health department. Maybe they aren't providing the vaccine in the school, but the health department was able to set up one of those emergency distribution sites and things like that. So again, it varies, but we do have some districts who were able to offer for staff in the school setting. And that's good to know. I did want to ask this as well. You know, prior to COVID-19, I'm thinking back, especially when I was in school, when a student said they felt sick, they would, they'd immediately get sent to the school nurse. Um, but is that policies and procedures, are they changing pr- or post-pandemic, would you say? So as far as students who may, you know, have a complaint of a sickness, that process really isn't going to change. It really hasn't changed. Now, school districts have illness protocols for things like fever and so on. And again, those really haven't changed. Now, maybe they've been updated to reflect COVID-19 symptoms. Because remember, districts are following those Department of Health recommendations. They're working closely with their local health departments when it comes to students who could potentially be having symptoms that may reflect a possible COVID-19 infection. And, you know, they're using those guidelines, knowing when to quarantine, when to isolate. And like I said earlier, Department of Health has been so supportive to our districts, providing that guidance and those algorithms on really when do we need to quarantine or isolate based off symptoms that could, again, indicate a potential COVID-19 infection. And I know the listeners have heard me say the word flexibility quite often throughout any podcast that I'm doing um, when we're talking about COVID-19. And that's obviously the case here again. And you mentioned a little earlier, Amanda, that yes, especially in the beginning, things were almost changing daily. So you have to be flexible. Um, What do you believe may be some of the biggest challenges, however, that some of the, the school nurses who have been contacting you, what are some of their biggest challenges moving forward? So, um, When I think about this question, you know, school nurses, they've been dealing, like we all have, with the pandemic, you know, for for over a year now and really mitigating its effect within their schools and the community. But I think what will be interesting to see moving forward is how the role of the school nurse will look in the new normal, whatever, you know, that's going to be. There may be some schools who will continue to offer virtual or hybrid schedules. And what will that look like for school nurses in regard to 
managing students with chronic health conditions, you know, when they may, they may be at home. Uh, and Tennessee, you know, with us moving into phase 1B, and, and now I think there's several counties who have even transitioned into phase 1C, which, you know, school staff and faculty fell under 1B, and many school districts, like we were talking about, have been able to, school staff and faculty are receiving their vaccines. Mm-hmm. And, and down the road, when the time comes and a vaccine or vaccines are approved for those younger than 16, school nurses will be playing a huge role in ensuring there are systems within the schools to deliver and potentially vaccinate students, obviously with parent consent. And again, for those districts that would choose to offer the vaccine for students. That brings up a really good question. Um, We have spoken to some folks with the Department of Education who kind of gave us the science behind the vaccine and specifically talked about, um, you know, right now, there are begin to test the vaccines on children younger than 16. What is your most up to date information on that? Um, For that, I would probably uh, defer to our experts at the Department of Health. Um, I think just for me personally, I've kind of same thing as you. We're, we're seeing where they're just now doing those trials on, on our younger population. But obviously, you know, with with FDA, and I'm sure it'd be similar with the emergency approval. approval you know, that process is very in depth, and you know, we're not going to. They wouldn't approve anything that wouldn't be safe for for our younger population. How do you think or how can schools and both communities support their school nurses as well? Yeah. So with, again, with school nurses really being the medical expert and a lot of times the sole healthcare provider in the school setting, they really are a wealth of knowledge and expertise when it comes to student health, um, chronic health conditions and so on. And it really is important for school nurses to be included in health policy discussions and decision-making. Parents and families should notify school nurses of changes to their child's health status, you know, as as soon as possible or when there's a new medical diagnosis. And they really should work closely with their school nurse to coordinate care in the school setting. You know, school nurses are seeing students daily, um, oftentimes spending more time with you know the student than the child's healthcare provider, and again, school nurses are really playing that active role in, in managing students' health conditions during school hours. And what I, I love about school nursing is that you know they get to work with students and families over time. You know, really building relationships. And school nurses really have the opportunity to make you know a positive impact on a child's long-term health and their educational outcomes. So again really communicating with the school nurse. It's just so important. Thank you so much for for speaking to that. I would love to give you the opportunity as well. I know a lot of our listeners are going to be like, where can I find more information on online? And I understand there is a coordinated school health website that could be a good resource for folks. Can you tell us a little about that? Yes. So the coordinated school health website, it has various resources for all of the components of coordinated school health, like health services, which is what school nursing falls under. And there are some COVID-19 resources on there, uh, chronic health conditions, uh, various other health services related information. But the website also has additional information on things like physical education, nutrition, and so on. 
And so for parents and families that are interested in how to navigate to that website, I think probably the simplest way is to Google Tennessee Coordinated School Health and it should take you to that main page. And they can always check out their child's school website for additional resources. Well said. And thank you for that. And for our listeners, I will definitely be putting a link to that website underneath uh, this podcast. So please check that out when you can. Um, My last question that I'd like to leave you with, Amanda, is just what is your best advice for families or parents or, or anyone who obviously is the guardian of a child or has children in their family and they may still be a bit skeptical about having their children return to school uh, or the classroom full-time, what's your best advice and what would you say to them? Yeah, I I would say, you know, first of all, that is a, you know, totally understandable and, and, and real concern. And what I recommend is talking with your child's healthcare provider and reaching out to your child's school nurse to discuss, you know, what policies and protocols will be in place in the school setting to keep students safe and healthy. We were kind of talking about this earlier, but Tennessee Department of Health, they are continually updating their recommendations as needed as we continue to learn more and more about COVID-19. Now, if your child has a chronic health condition or has health care needs, again, talking to your school nurse and sharing those concerns. Data is showing that implementation and adherence to all of those mitigation strategies that, that we're so familiar with can really help schools reopen and, you know, stay open safely for in-person learning. Thank you so much for that, Amanda. And thank you for being a guest on Roots and Wings today. Was there anything that I did not ask that you want to make sure that our listeners are maybe aware of or maybe thinking about? I don't think so. (laughs) I appreciate your honest, like, let me think on that. Like, um. <laughs> that, well, again, um, Amanda, thank you so much for your time. And thank you to our listeners. This has been another episode of Roots and Wings. Mm-hmm.